welcome to Operation Self Reset. This is episode number 20. What is going on, Resetters? Welcome back to Operation Self Reset. Like always, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to this podcast. There's many like it but this one is mine. So I appreciate you guys taking the time and trying to transform your lives in the direction that you want, that you need to, because you know you have greatness within, you know that there's something going on that you just wanna change, but you're unsure. I hope to provide that for you guys with basic fundamental ideas, tips, and tools to get you on the right path. And we have another great interview because that's what I do. I interview some amazing people to inspire you guys, motivate you guys, and keep you trucking along in your journey in life. And I keep saying this because it's so true. And you know, a lot of you guys have been emailing me. Thank you so much for the emails. But honestly, it's so crazy to hear from you guys and just say, Jake, we appreciate the interviews. You know, you do a lot of great interviews, but we also like to hear you speak individually. Why do you keep doing the interviews? You know, I know you have a lot of great things to share. And the reason why I personally do the interviews is because I actually gain a lot from it too. I think in this upcoming interview here um, is a really good one that kind of shows that I truly like to hear people that inspire me, you know, to keep me going, not for this podcast, but in life, for determination, you know, to to show my child that, you know what, life, there's more to life than just getting up, doing your job, coming home, watching TV and going to bed. There's a lot more to what we are doing on this planet. And I think that by listening to other people, I can get some of those values, some of those tips and tools that I'm sharing with you guys, and I can implement in my own life. So it's kind of a a full circle. You know, we're all in this together, literally. And that's why I keep asking you guys time and time again to email me with your questions, concerns, comments, whatever it may be. Not because, you know, I'm the guru and I know everything. No, it's about helping each other. You know, the more people we talk to, the more people that we get involved with, there's so much more to learn about ourselves, about others, about different ideas and, and ways to improve our lives. That's what it's about. It's about connections. It's about getting there. It's not about sitting behind your computer, looking on Facebook, reading about your friend Susan who just went to Cancun for 10 days, had a great time, and put 97 photos of her and her kid, kids building sandcastles. <laughs> You know, that that is fun. I, I imagine it was probably a great trip, but you need to live your own trip. And your own trip lives and starts by doing different things every single day to get yourself to enjoy those trips, to get the money to enjoy the trips. Or just take a personal little break and vacation on your own. Regardless, again, another tangent. I love it. I just get off on these crazy wild ideas. My kid's screaming in the background. My wife's reading a book to him, and I'm trying to inspire you guys. <laughs> life is funny. Life is fun. Let's get in today, though. Um, I want to give you guys a little update of what's going on with me again. Um, I just got done with the promotional test, the written test, and I just found out today that at the end of this month, there will be a written, or excuse me, a written examination. I just did that. Um, there will be a interview process. A, um, I will, will be speaking in front of three people, three different groups of uh, people to rate me on content, on scenarios, problems, issues, what I would do in different situations and stuff like that. So I'll be speaking a total of 45 minutes. It will be broken up into three 15-minute intervals. Um, so that should be very interesting. And I feel confident speaking. This has really helped me grow. And I think that's a food for thought for you guys out there 
get into something that you personally really enjoy. Obviously, that's number one. But also number two, reap the benefits of learn on the job training. I was previously, I, I would consider myself a de- decent speaker. You know, I could hold a conversation. I could interject, you know, jokes and comments and sarcastic, you know, ideas and things. But truly, to get a full realm of improving yourself, I would suggest just getting into something that can help you in the grand scheme of things. And and truly, this podcast has helped me become a better speaker, less, you know, use of ums and ah. And and, and it's funny because I have been recently uh, transcribing my podcast, I, I actually have a, a person that I found in Elance, and Elance is a website that you can outsource different things. I personally enjoy it. If you guys have any projects, you want to organize your email, you want to find somebody to ghostwrite, you need a proofreader, somebody to organize your schedule, whatever it may be, go to Elance. You can write up a job description. People can you know bid on it or whatever, and I, I found some great success. There's some really good people on there, some really not so good people. It's one of those things you kind of have to shuffle through the deck of cards and see what fits for you, but regardless... So I had this transcriber and I sent her like the first five or eight podcasts. And it was funny because the first time or podcast number one, I had her transcribe first, obviously in order one through uh, 20. This is episode 20, by the way. And it was funny because she told me, Jake, you know, you you have a good voice. You know, you, it seems like you have good direction when you're talking. But the thing is, you say like a lot. And I'm like, oh, really? I was like, okay, cool. All right, I'll, I'll try to improve on that. And she goes, yeah, you know, just to let you know, when I was, you know, listening to you speak and I was, you know, typing, I was counting how many times you said like. And I said like, like a hundred, like <laughs> I just said it. You say like, period, 128 times. 128 times I said like within 40 minutes. Now, I, I don't know if that was just instilled in me. That's just the way I communicate. Maybe I just use that as a, a joiner to kind of pull you in to make it seem like I'm really talking to you and you really understand. Because again, I'm talking in a room here by myself. Nobody's here. And I think I try to get that connection with you by saying like, like, you know, hello, like, you you know what I mean. But instead, I was just using it as like as a fill-in. And I knew that. I, I didn't know that, obviously, but now I know that, and now I'm trying to improve on it. And it's funny because when I talk, I do catch myself saying that. And that's a huge benefit to me because now I can see that it will help me in this next process of the interview. You know, I, I, won't, I don't want to be standing there and going, well, you know, the first thing I would do is like, um, you know, contact that person. Like, like you know what I mean? And, and, you know, like this and, you know, that. Obviously, I know I need to cut that out, and that's really helpful. And I actually want to do a podcast on fill-in words because the use of uh and uh and uh, you know, like the groaning that we do, it's all of uh, but it's funny how people use it in different ways. I was interviewing somebody uh, last couple of podcasts, I don't want to say who, but it's funny because the way that she would conjoin her sentences, instead of saying, you know, her pause would just be a a standard blank pause, she would say, <laughs> um, 
It was a laugh and a um. And I thought it was hilarious. I was like, that's such a great idea. She's laughing off of my joke and she's trying to gather her own thoughts. And she's saying um in the process. And it's not funny like, haha, she, you know, she used that as a fill-in. She's she should know better than that. No, it's just funny how all of us have a different personality when we speak. Our tone of voice is different. And it was just interesting to kind of hear it from her uh, perspective and to understand what she was trying to gather in her mind and the way that she used to kind of give herself a three-second break to gather her thoughts, she did a laugh, a chuckle, and a um in all in one, and I thought it was really interesting. So I actually have some other examples that I want to share with you guys, but regardless, this is not what today's podcast is all about. So um, I just want to let you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a weekly podcast here until the end of October. Um, actually, next week, Wednesday, I have a presentation, hour-and-a-half presentation on communication um, and it's at a local college here. And I'm actually pretty nervous. I'm really nervous, actually, because I have not started the uh, PowerPoint pr- presentation at all. And I'm trying to gather my thoughts and figure out the best way to handle it. I think, like anything, I could work through it. But to become a true professional, a good speaker, a person that provides value, and you know, you can walk out of there going, wow, that was actually a really good presentation. I learned a lot, not only about myself, but a way to communicate better. You need to be prepared. I need to be prepared. So it's something that I need to really focus on. So that's why I'm trying to get this podcast out really, really fast, not quick and and lessen the uh, value of it. But I just want to let you know that uh, the next couple of weeks here are going to be tough again. So I really do appreciate you guys sticking with me, hanging on here. Um, you see, I just did a long, uh, you know, to kind of fill in because I don't like dead space. Personally, I think dead space is wrong. I, I feel that it's it's very like, See, see what happened there? You thought somebody was calling or, or your phone shut off. See, that's why I don't like it. So it's something I don't. That's my own personality. And I think that's okay. You know, I think um is okay in quantities. If if, if just as long as I'm not using it every single time. But regardless, because I'm all I'm all mentally getting jacked up on this whole interview process. So I'm really trying to clear my voice, pronunciate. And get my thoughts through. And when I get on here, I'm just a rambler. You know, I just get everything across because I have that entrepreneur mindset. Like you guys, you know, you guys who just want to improve yourselves and you want to know how. So those are a couple of tools for thought. Again, I don't even know if those are tools, but get it, you know, whatever. Regardless, um, let's drive in today's interview because I am rambling and I'm really sporadic today. So I hope you enjoy this and or hate it. Let me know your thoughts. Email me, support at operationselfreset.com. Let me know what you think of my sporadic mind. But anyway... I want to ask you a question to kind of get us going in the interview process for today. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you want to be an action figure, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Did you want to be an astronaut? Did you want to be a school teacher? Did you want to be a professional basketball player, football player? Did you want to be a airplane pilot? Did you want to be a, a soldier, a, a military guy, you know, shooting guns all the time, running around crazy style in the backyard as a young little guy? What did you want to be? Truly, think to yourself, what did you want to be? I want, I, I'll tell you what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an FBI agent. I actually wanted to protect the president. I have no idea where that came from, but I, uh, I really thought that was really cool for some odd reason and interesting, and it still is. I, I tip my hat off to those guys. But then I, as I think I saw, I can't remember what movie it was, but there was a movie about the Iditarod 
And that is a race in Alaska that's like over 100 miles long. It's one of the toughest races. You know, it has the dog sled teams and, you know, you you have all your gear and you travel for days on end without sleep, all that crazy stuff. And I thought, I'm going to be a professional dog, you know, Iditarod racer guy, you know. So then I was on that streak for a while. And then I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And then I wanted, actually, that's where it ended, I think. Yeah, that's pretty much where it ended. I, I didn't want to be too many things. I knew it was FBI agent, I did a rod, and then something with the military. I have a very, very rich military background, and I think that's possibly where it came from. But regardless, as time progressed, I did not become any of those things. And that's okay, because our lives change and we go in different directions and stuff like that. But I want to ask you, though, what was your main dream? And when you told people your your dream, like what did you want to be when you grew up when you're like 10 years old, and you said you want to be an astronaut, and your Aunt Sally was like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you can achieve, do everything, do whatever you want. You know, you're the best. You can be anything you want to be. And then comes high school. And then Aunt Sally, you know, sees you again and goes, oh, Jakey, what do you want to be when you get older? And then you say, oh, Aunt Sally, I want to be an astronaut. And then Aunt Sally's like, you can't be an astronaut. Your eyes are horrible. You have glasses. You're not that smart. You're not going to be able to get into the program. You know how tough it is to get in there? You have to do all this military background. You need to have the connections. You have to have this, this, that, or the other thing. So then what happens? Well, then you go, well, all right, well, I'm not going to be an astronaut. So then you go to college. You go through the basic classes. You get your degree in something you really don't enjoy. And next thing you know, you're working your nine-to-five job, and it's not really appealing to you because that wasn't your goal. You know, that wasn't your dream. It was something that you had to do to make ends meet. And then you had your own place, and you get a dog, and life progresses, and you kind of lose track. But today's interview, and you probably think, what the heck does this have to do with today's interview? So today's interview, though, is a man that kind of put his stake in the ground. He was a school teacher from LA and he found and relived his dream that he thought that he always wanted to do when he was younger and he chased after it. His story is incredible. I really do tip my hat off to this guy because he is, I mean, it's unbelievable. This guy literally did what he wanted to do when he was a little boy, he went through the American process of getting a job, you know, going through the whole kit and caboodle, but he did not really enjoy what he was doing. So he did some soul searching and he realized he needed to chase a dream that he has always wanted to achieve. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. So that's today's interview. And it's really hits home. If you know somebody too, that's maybe a younger generation, maybe it's a niece, a nephew, your son, daughter, cousin, whatever it may be, maybe refer this video or excuse me, uh, podcast to them. Maybe it'll be in video form, probably not, but this podcast to them about chasing their dreams and letting them know that it's going to be tough, that it's something that they can achieve. And there are going to be some heartaches and some self-discovery within the process. And I want to share with you guys, and maybe you can pass it on to whoever is inspiring to be something outrageous and crazy that you might think personally, that might not be realistic to believe in them to let them know that they can be whatever they want if they can set their mind to it and tell them that it's going to be tough and there's going to be people that are going to tell them that that's not the right thing to do, that's not smart, that's not the the American way, but let them know that they are able to achieve whatever they want in their life if they work hard enough, if they hustle every single day, and if they want it. So if you can instill that into whoever it may be that has a dream that they're chasing. If they want to be a musician, a, a artist, or whatever, move the money aside. 
because I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, you know, I'm going to be an artist. And people are like, artists, they make no money. Who cares? If you really enjoy what you're doing, if you really have that passion for it, money is no object. The only time money matters is when you hate your job and you want more money because you feel that more money will justify hating that job, right? But just believe in those people and let them know that you're there for them. Because that is the best thing, the best gift that you can do for those people. So there you go. That's my little two cents. But let's move into today's interview. Uh, before we get started, I want to take a second and say that if you guys are looking to support Operation Self Reset, head on over to audibletrial.com slash OSR. That is A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash OSR right there. When you guys sign on up, you get a free book, 100% free. All you have to do is sign on up. You get the book free regardless if you um, get a subscription or not. Um, I do get a little cut of the action. Very, very small. Um, Again, I'm not in this for the money, but it does help support um, my operations of getting newer equipment, sounding better, clarity, all of that stuff. So if you guys are interested in helping out, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. That's all I have for you guys. And also too, I just want to say audible.com, I really, I use it. I, I'm a subscriber. I get uh, two books every month, audible books that is, um, because it's a great way for myself to learn every single day. I go on walks, uh, two walks a day with my dog actually, um, hour each walk. And I listen to audiobooks all the time. And it's a great way to, to, you know, spark some great things in my mind and to get me focused on the task at hand. There's some amazing books out there. Um, I obviously am more in the self-help genre. Um, so, But whatever appeals to you, there's over a million books or whatever. So have at it. It would be greatly appreciated. And also, too, if you guys want to get in contact with me, uh, send me an email. I really, really would appreciate it. Support at operationselfreset.com. And if you're wondering, well, why, why should I email you? Just ask me one question. I want to ask you one question, that is. What's bothering you? What's going on with you? How can I help you? Email me and I will give you resources. I'll give you links. I'll give you everything that I can to get you on the path to success. So here's today's interview. Here is the 30-year-old ninja. Well, welcome to the podcast. Today we got Izzy, the 30-old, excuse me, 30-year-old ninja. He lives in Kyoto, Japan. Is that correct, Izzy? Uh, It's pronounced Kyoto. Kyoto. Okay. Thank you. Kyoto, Japan. He was a school teacher in LA. He he was fed up. He had enough of living the so-called perfect lifestyle and he followed his dream and passion and moved out to Japan to become a ninja. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Tell if if you have a couple minutes here, tell everybody who you are and, and what you're all about and how did you end up in Japan? Yeah, so well, first off, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, I feel really honored to be able to do this. So uh, as you said, yeah, my name is Izzy. I am a former teacher from America. I used to live in Los Angeles. That was about four years ago. And at the time, I was about 26 years old. And it hit me that uh, I hated my job. <laughs> sure. And I hated... Uh, the direction that my life was going. I was in the middle of getting my master's degree in education, which would put me soon to be in a principal position. And so I basically was going down this path that the deeper I went, the more unhappy I would become because I was just getting deeper and deeper in it. So I stepped back and I really started to ask the question, well, what do I want to do with my life? And I sat with that. I talked to a lot of people. I read books. And the more I explored it, the more this 
crazy idea kept coming in my head and I'd sit there and I'd be like, well, what, what am I going to do? And like, well, really what I want to do is I want to move to a faraway land. I want to train in martial arts like crazy. <laughs> and as I explored that more, I was like, where's this even coming from? Why do I keep thinking this crazy idea? And I'm like, well, I want to be a ninja. That's where it comes from. Cause when I was a kid, I've always loved, I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love him too, man. He was awesome. Street fighter, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. He was great. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Street fighter. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for street fighter and Ryu. Sure. Um, yeah, right. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so I, as I explored it more, I realized that it was a childhood dream, that this idea that I want to be a ninja. And as I explored it more, and it kept coming up, I finally just asked a very simple question and wrote down my answer. The question was, is what is a ninja? And the answer was really straightforward, which shocked me because it sounds so vague, ambiguous, kind of crazy. It was, well, in my head, because it's a childhood dream, it is three things. It's a ninja moves to a faraway land, trains extensively in martial arts, and challenges the traditional rules of everyday work and life. Hmm. And once I had it written down and I looked at it, it just, I just kind of fell back in my chair because I realized I can do this. Now, when, and, oh, go on, go on. When was that? No, I was going to say, when, uh, how long did that take? I know at 26, you kind of felt like it wasn't going well in your personal life. How long did it take sure. to get to the stage of you discovered this definition and then it really hit home with you? Was it a year after, after talking to everybody? Yeah, so it was, uh, well, it was in October of 2009 okay. when I actually had, I don't, it's not fair to call it a breakdown by, you know, whatever that definition of a breakdown is, but it was pretty intense for me. I was driving, I just broke down, I pulled over the side of the road and I just looked at what my life had become and I had become the person I didn't want to be. That person was, I'm a person who hates my job. I'm a mm -hmm. person who goes to a place on a daily basis who hates my job. I am that person. And so that's when the exploration began. I made the decision to unquestionably leave education a few months later i did finish the year out because i had students to teach and that's sure. a commitment um but where i actually said i'm gonna go to japan like i'm gonna make this move that the full-on decision happened about a year later but when the idea came where i said you know what i want to be a ninja that came probably about five or six months later so around probably march Wow. Because I, I know it was around March because I went to my principal's office around March to inform her I wasn't coming back the next year. <laughs> and I turned in the paperwork and she said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, uh, her name is Miss Chambers. And she's a wonderful woman. She's an amazing leader. Um, and what I said was, I go, Miss Chambers, I'm going to follow my childhood dream. I'm going to become a ninja. <laughs> 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 and uh, what did she say? She kind of looked at me, and she got a big smile on her face. She goes, what do you mean, Mr. Arkin? <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then I told her, and she just kind of nodded her head, and she goes, well, we're really sad to lose you, but Mr. Arkin, you need to go follow that dream. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Okay, good. How has the response been? I mean, telling your family, friends. Now, do you, does your family live out in L.A.? Yeah, so my family actually lives in Northern California. Well, okay. I have a sister. So I have a sister that lives in L.A. now. 
um, and a brother that also lives in LA now. But my family's from Northern California. Um, so yeah, what is the response? Man, that's a it's a you know it's a great question. I get that pretty often, especially it's like, what did your parents think? Yeah, and you know, I called up my parents. You know, I, they're they're incredibly supportive. They're so optimistic. My dad's super positive. He's been an entrepreneur his most of his life, and so he always has ideas. And my mom is very practical, but she also really just wants her kids to do what they want to do. Awesome. Um, and so I think it was probably around January or February of 2010 that I called them up and I go, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay, we know you're not happy with what you're doing. I talked to them a lot through this process. And the, I said, I'm going to become a ninja. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And my dad just starts laughing. And then I tell him my plan. I go, and I'm going to move to Japan. And then my dad, he just always brings the wisdom. He goes like this. Well, Izzy, you know I always support you. But you've never actually been out of the country for more than two weeks. <laughs> and what you're saying here is that you're going to move to a country with a completely different culture and live there. And you're doing this to just give your life to martial arts. Now, I don't want to push an idea on you, but maybe it's a good idea that you visit the country first. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> sounds sounds yes. like a good move. Did you do that then? Yeah. So okay. in July of that year, I, I visited Japan for a month. I traveled around the country and I just went to dojos. I went city to city, dojo to dojo. Awesome. And that was when I said, I am coming here. And it took me about a year after that. Okay. And yeah. in that year was the preparation phase, the getting organized, getting your, you know, collecting. Um, one thing that I realized on your website, you talk about kind of preparing yourself financially. Obviously, we'll continue with uh, the story here. Um, do you mind sharing some tips of, of how to financially set up your dream and passion? Yeah. No, that's, I think that's, it's so important because I think one of the biggest impediments is the money excuse. Yeah. And I don't believe we need a lot of money, but we do need some money. Mm -hmm. And for me, what money is, is money is freedom. It allows me to mentally have the freedom to dream. And I mean, you know, you, you can't, you can't have, you can't have big dreams when you're trying to pay the electricity bill or you're trying to keep your lights on, keep your, keep staying in your home. So specifically things that I specifically did, which a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's, some of it's standard, some of it's not so much, is I did run a budget on a monthly basis. And what I also had is I actually had a little envelope in my place and I called it my dream fund. Hmm. And when it really came down to it, what I often asked myself was, well, and this is what it actually would come down to sometimes, well, I could buy this video game or <laughs> I could buy this piece of clothes or I could go out and get this meal tonight or... I could drop $20 in my dream fund. That's huge. And, and I think when I started to make these comparisons, it really, this envelope just started to fill up more and more. And as I did it, it felt really empowering because I felt like I was taking action on my dream because I was. And it didn't have to be this huge, massive, crazy step where it was like, you know, go all in and jump off the mountain and see what happens. It was very simple. It was like, well, yeah, I could get the extra triple latte dotty frappuccino or right. I could drop $4 in my dream fund. Cool. Now, that obviously that's a very 
that's a tough one for people. You know, it, it sounds easy, you know, listening to, but when it comes down to going and getting that, you know, like you said, that uh, triple latte or whatever, it's tough in that moment to think to yourself, well, it's only $4, you know, but like you said, every little bit helps, you know, $20 for a meal is $20 towards your dream to really yeah. mentally get clarity on knowing that this is your dream and you're going to follow in your passions to hold back like that. You really need to be all in, you know, you, you can't be dabbling back and forth. Is, is that what you would say? I would say that I would agree that you need to be, I think all in is such an interesting term because I think it's all, it's always relative to where we are at in our life. Um, but I would, yes, I would agree that, that we need to be, we need to be taking actions that prove to ourselves that we are invested in our dreams. Hmm. And to some degree, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it's an, it's such an interesting point and an excellent point that you make that, you know, what it comes down to like, we can all listen to this. We can hear me say these words and go, yeah, that sounds great. That's excellent as we're sipping our, you know, triple lunch. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Frappuccino and not even realizing it. I think it's really important to establish clarity, to really know exactly what you want, and then to really think about it. And when I say think about this, I mean write it down. So write down, what do I want? What do I want to have in my life? What do I want to achieve? What do I want to get? Think about it in terms of one year. Think about it in terms of five years. Um, But then think about, okay, what steps can I take today to do it? And what do I have to stop doing? And when we begin to make those connections with the things we do on a daily basis to where we want to go, that does, it brings a lot more power to, to the individual actions themselves. No, I agree with you. You know, one of the things that I uh, spoke of recently was, I call it breaking the wrist and walking away, you know, getting, taking yourself away from distractions, you know, instead of hanging out with your friends or family or, you know, being addicted to those movies or TV, you need to, you know, separate yourself from those distractions to set time to figuring out your true self. You know, um, so many times we get just pulled away with all this stuff going on in our lives that sometimes we feel like, oh, I never have time. I never have time. Well, there is time. You need to you need to really figure out what you want to do with your life. And when you do, you have to set that time aside and and figure out what, what's your next plan of action. So that that's huge what you just said. Yeah. I, I mean, that's great. I think that's excellent. It, it's it's bringing up the concept of, look, we all got 24 hours in a day. And the question is not, you know, do you have 30 and I have 22? How'd you get those extra eight hours? It's simply a question of how are you spending your 24 hours? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, our time is very limited and uh, to, to keep it full of nonsense to get down, you know, to be looking on YouTube and Facebook for hours on end and to, you know, at the end of the day go, wow, that was a really busy day. I didn't have time for anything. I didn't have time for, you know, you know, personal fitness or, you know, to go to the store and eat healthy or whatever, you know, uh, but we don't, you know, sometimes you don't count those hours. So it's very interesting. So, okay. So you go out to Japan, you, you figure out your, uh, dojo, correct? Yeah, I'm at. Yeah, I mean, there's a kind of a process in between there, but I do have a oh, dojo now. Okay, go on, go on. So, what what was kind of uh, in the middle there that we missed? Yeah. So, th- and this is, I think, something that's really important for people to hear. It's because it's just the reality of going after dreams. So, basically, you know, I quit my job in America, get 
done with education. I did get my master's degree in education, so I qualified to run my own school. Leave that completely behind. We'll never use that degree. And over the course of a year, save money, get to Japan, find a job here, and I'm placed out in the countryside. And this is a one-year contract, and I soon find out that my job is basically has me doing nothing. Like on average, I teach about one class a day, which is about 50 minutes, and the rest of the eight and a half hours, as my supervisor put it, oh, Izzy Sensei, now is your free time. Oh my and and the, because it was out in the countryside, uh, there weren't any high-level martial arts dojos there. Uh. there. And so I had basically moved to Japan, done all that. And I was under, it was a naive assumption. It was the assumption of, oh, well, I'll just move to Japan and there'll be master martial arts sensei <laughs> just waiting, waiting to teach this, this, you know, ready to go foreigner. Sure. And, and <laughs> that wasn't quite the case. And so I had to make a big decision. I actually went through a struggle for a little bit while I was there. I, I, I actually, at one point in time, it was around last January, February of 2011, where I was thinking of moving back to America and I didn't, and I was struggling with, well, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? What am I going to do with my life? And the incredible irony with that is I knew what I wanted to do. I'd moved to Japan to do this specific thing, but because I had ran into some walls, some barriers, I was trying to block it out. I was trying to act as if, oh, I have no idea. I don't know what I want to do. And it's just that at the time, I wasn't fully believing I could actually do what I truly wanted to do. So I was looking for other options. Yeah. No, that's a big point you said there. Um, a lot of times people feel moving to a different city, uh, you know, changing career paths, you know, is going to transform their life. But sometimes that's not always the case. During that time, what were you doing to kind of bring yourself back to reality and go, you know, you kind of question, well, what do I do when I get back to the States? And then that brought you back to, okay, I just got to pursue my dreams here and keep pushing ahead. That probably was a very difficult part for you. Um, do you mind kind of diving into the emotions and the mental struggles struggles you're doing while kind of thinking, should you go back home or should you stay? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I would, I'll definitely, I'll jump right into that. So basically what happened was I decided to make it my purpose to figure out my purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, with the irony that I had, you know, moved to Japan to become a ninja to do all these things. And I'm sitting there going, wait, what am I going to do? So it really was something that I, I decided that I needed to be extremely intentional every single day about figuring this out rather than stressing out about it all. So what I started to do with my free time at work is I just made the decision, look, if they're not going to give me anything to do, then I'm going to be productive. So I began to read books for about two hours a day at work. I also started to take personality tests. I met with a coach and I did a lot of reflecting. And through all of this and writing tons of notes and really exploring, and then coming up with all sorts of ideas. I mean, I had so many ideas in my head from starting an international exchange program with students in the inner city because I had the connections from where I taught to beginning a fitness program to intertwining. <laughs> I mean, just all these ideas. And as I explored it more and more and more, things doors just started to open up and mm -hmm. things started to become more clear and I started to eliminate certain things. And then there was just this one book that I had read which I can't even, now I can't even recall the name. I think it was starting a freedom business. And what he basically said in it, and that was kind of coupled with many other things, but what he's basically talking about was you can do whatever you want to do. 
Like you can do whatever you want to do. And it really was at the right time. And around then, I still remember basically what I realized what I truly wanted to do. And I don't think this is a, I don't know if this is normal or not. I don't want to put it out there like, hey, this is how it should work. Sure. But for me, this is what happened. I woke up, uh, it was around 2 a.m., middle of the night, and I just pop up and I go, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to follow my dream. I'm going all in. Like, mm. I'm here in Japan. I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to find a city to move to. I'm going to find a dojo to train at. I'm going to share my story with the world. Other people have to know to, how to follow their dreams, and I'm going to find a way to make this happen. I don't care how hard it is. I'm taking one step at a time, and I'm doing it. Oh. And then, and I don't think I slept at all that night because I was just so excited. Oh, or yeah, maybe for sure. <laughs> for sure, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the next day is when the 30-year-old ninja began. Awesome. You know, um, that's huge. Uh, you know, during that process, because like I keep, you know, saying like, I mean, what you said is nothing unique, you know, as in people questioning, you know, they go out there, I, I can totally, there's a couple of my fans that, you know, go places and they're like, I'm going to, you know, become this, I'm going to do great, I know it. And then they get there and they realize, wow, you know, either this is more difficult than I was expecting, well, things aren't panning out like they should, you know, my dream was one thing, this is another, you know, I, I still have to do the daily routine, I still had to find a job in between of, you know, finding my goal, because this and that, and for you to move to Japan, have the idea, you know, you knew you were going out there for a reason, but then you even started questioning yourself and then you found a coach. Now, do you feel that coach really guided you in the right direction when you were kind of questioning a lot of the stuff that was going on? Yeah. Well, you know, I'd say actually, well, with the coach, it was actually interesting because with the coach, I had one, actually, I had one brief call with the coach. And then the person who, when I say a coach, when I really think of a person as my coach, I actually think of my father. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he just, he's like my mentor. He teaches me everything. So, um, was that who you contacted it, when you meant, when you meant coach? So I, when I really say, a coach, well, no, there was actually, there was another coach that I just talked to for briefly. So it was, oh, okay. that was just one of the quick strategies that I used where I was like, all right, I'm reading books. I'm taking personality tests. I'm doing this and this and this. Sure. I'm going to talk to a coach. So I tried all these things Good. and I think they all kind of accumulated for, in helping. Good. Um, but it wasn't, but I would say, but I, but in terms of a coach or a mentor, I feel very, very, very uh, blessed to have my father. I think a mentor, I, I just cannot put enough emphasis on how life changed it is. I mean, I, you know, my father, he doesn't tell me what to do. He gives me the right questions. He gives me a lot of things to think about. He helps me explore. He meets me with where I'm at. He knows me. He knows my heart. He knows my soul. And, he, and it's like a, he doesn't tell me which which pave to path or which road to go, but he opens up some great questions where it goes, where I'll go, wow, I didn't even know that that road was there. Yeah. But now that I know that it is, I'm going to go down it. I'm going to go explore that. No, and I think that's huge what you said, you know, finding that mentor, you know, you might not have that relationship to whoever's listening, you know, you might not have that relationship maybe with your father or mother, um, but, you know, your best friend, you know, maybe somebody you chat with online, you know, um, that might know your personality, might know your skills, might know your mindset. And if you're able to, you know, possibly 
you know, let them, you know, give you ideas or questions or, or ways to look at things as opposed to, oh, that's a good idea. I just support anything you do. That's not helping. Um, it would be better to get a little more detailed and, and give you, like you said, those tough questions of, oh, this is okay. Interesting. I never thought of it like this, or I never thought of, you know, preparing before I, I go in and live my dream and passion. Um, speaking of your passion, you know, obviously, like you said, I mean, you're living your child home, your child dream directly. And, and I, it's funny because I was actually going to do a podcast on this, but I think I'll kind of wrap this together. Um, you know, it, as now having a child of my own, you know, having nephews around and stuff like that, you know, when, when they're old enough to speak, you kind of ask them the traditional question, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and they're like astronaut and, you know, and, you know, like yourself, ninja or, or, uh, you know, a superhero, yeah. whatever. And we just laugh. And then, you know, when it comes like high school time, it's like, you know, what do you want to be? And you, if you say that, you know, if you say a ninja superhero or, or whatever, everybody, <laughs> come on, you know, come on, Jake, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. What are you really going to be? You know, and we get caught up in yeah. the whole society of, a feeling we have to fit in of the traditional jobs, the traditional nine to five, the traditional way of life, uh, you know, going to school, getting those master degrees, you know, being certified in every aspect. So we're able to be 100 percent qualified to do our job. But yet, like yourself and many others, you just hate it. It's it's bearing down on you. You know, you have greatness within and, and it's tough for uh, people to take that pill. But you are really, really, literally living your childhood dream. And there, honestly, I don't know anybody else that is truly, truly living that. So I give you all the credit in the world to uh, pick up and move out to Japan. And like you said, I mean, you had a good support system behind you, which I feel is benefit um, that can really guide you in the right direction. But man, I, I really take off my hat to you. I mean, you're, you're doing it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Now, what? Now, how do you feel in in your studies and in kind of starting the thirty year old ninja? How do you tell people when they contact you? You must get emails about, well, you know what? I'd love, I would love to do what you're doing, but I just don't know what it is. You know, how do I find my passion? What do you say to people like that? Mm, so when they ask that specific question, how do I find my passion? Yeah, maybe they love that idea of, of venturing out, you know, moving over to Japan or, I mean, not Japan in, directly, but, you know, anywhere or, you know, getting started or they, they hate their job and they're, they're looking for the next step. What do you show them or what do you tell them or, or what's the first couple steps that somebody should take when, when they ask you that question? Generally, you know, I will say this, that a lot of times basically what I focus on with people is clarity and it's always asking the question of what do you want your life to be like in five years? If you could imagine a perfect, perfect life, perfect day in five years, what would that day entail? Imagine all your dreams came true. How much money would you make? How would you make money? What activities would you do? What people would be in your life? How would you spend your time? What time would you wake up and getting really down to the details with them and I find more often than not, almost in, it seems so common, <laughs> I'm just blown away by it. More often than not, people know exactly what they want to do. Hmm. They know it, but they're just scared to do it. They often will say things like, well, you know, I would love to be an actor or a musician or XXX, but that's not possible. So I'm trying to do this. Now, the thing that is interesting to me is that they know what they want to do, but often it's because we have an archetype or a concept of that. So you think, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be a professional athlete. Now, you may actually not want to be those things at all, but you have an idea in your head of what those things are. 
And it's, so it's actually that idea that you want. Interesting. Yeah. And so a lot of times what I'll do is once we get to that point, I'll just ask simple questions because sometimes you'll get all sorts. I mean, I want to be a ninja. This is what my site says. And I encourage people to follow their dreams. So people are pretty cool telling me some pretty crazy dreams. And so with that, the question that I commonly ask is, what does that mean? You know, I want to be an actor. I want to be a queen. I want to be a princess. What does it mean to be a queen? What would that mean in your daily life? Mm-hmm. And what types of emotions would you feel if you were that person? What types of activities would you do on a daily basis? And then once we go there, then we can actually go like, okay, this doesn't actually sound like a queen. This doesn't actually sound like a princess. And one thing I do emphasize a lot to people is that I believe is your dreams got to give back. You can't tell me that you just want to have someone serve you, you know, head and toe, up and down, all around and make a million dollars, sit on your butt and do nothing. Like you got to give back. And so that's something that I also will emphasize. But that, you know, I'm really surprised. Very few people actually tell me that. Very few people say, give me, say, I want to do this. And that it's not actually adding value. Most people really do want to impact the world in some way. And they're aware of it. You know, that's a very good point. And, and, you know, kind of funny that you said, you know, everybody does have a dream. But I think, you know, personally, like saying, you know, when I started this podcast and stuff or or like becoming a, you know, I guess, you know, when you asked, actually you asked me this early on and I kind of danced around it. My ultimate goal is to become a public speaker, to be a motivational speaker, you know, to be, I, you know, like Tony Robbins per se, you know, um, I know it's going to take time and effort to get there, but that's my ultimate goal. And it's funny when you say stuff like that. And, and like you said, people know what their goal is. And I think they truly do. And I think they're embarrassed, though, to say it unless they're talking to like a gentleman that's living their dream like yourself. You know what I mean? You're, you, like you said, you, you have a site, 30-year-old ninja. <laughs> you know, so people feel open like, oh, this guy gets it or, you know, that's awesome, you know, and they feel they can open up. But to anybody else, if I was probably even to, to ask, if, if I was talking to you and you weren't living your dream yet, you would probably be like, oh, I don't know if I, I want to tell them, you know, that I want to be a ninja, you know, because you'd be embarrassed or feel like that's so ridiculous. And um, and I think it's, again, we just get caught up in society and, and knowing that's not realistic. You know, that's not the real way to live your life. So it's it's really interesting how the, the American culture can come down on you. Have you noticed that in Japan? Have you noticed the same kind of self-doubt, you know, the lack of self-confidence in Japan at all? Uh, you know, it's really tough to tell because my Japanese language abilities at this point are not, uh, really high. I am studying, but I will say that one of the things that's very interesting is I will say that America is a much bigger dreaming country than I believe Japan is. Um, because we're just more individualistic in America. You know, I don't want to generalize too much here. No, that's but fine. That's fine. <laughs> as a general rule, that is the case. Um, but I, I do want to step back for a second because I wanted to point out something that I just think is so awesome that your readers may or your listeners may may notice. You may have brought it up in past podcasts, but I just think it's so wonderful that I have to say it that you just said, I want to be a public speaker. I want to be able to go around like Tony Robbins, motivating people. And it's a very simple thing where it's like, all right, well, I want to do this with my life. And then it's just a question of, all right, what are you doing now? What baby steps can you take? What can you begin doing to make it happen? And you are doing something right now with me and you (laughs) that's taking you there. You are taking the steps to do it. 
And I think, I mean, because to just say like, I ought to be a public speaker to just sit on your, you know, sit down, watch some TV, check some Facebook and drink a beer. It's like, it's not too compelling, man. But to say that, but then to be also living it right now, you're taking the steps to get there. It's modeling it. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I hope people uh, recognize that and kind of see that process. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and I think, um, you know, thank you for that. And I think the biggest thing out of all this is just taking that first step and, and doing something in that direction. I think that the biggest step is always the hardest. You know, it's always the most complex. You, you don't know. It's the, the fear of the unknown. But once you take that step, you know, it's like, you know, for myself, you know, starting this first podcast. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird talking into the <laughs> mic, you know, in, in a room by myself and telling my story or whatever. Um, but after that, I mean, if, you know, for people that listen from from number one podcast to now, you know, it, it there is a growing process. And I think that that's with anything like yourself, you know, I mean, you know, the growing process of building that dream within you, you know, setting up yourself for success, you know, and there, there are times you question, are you doing this for the right thing? You know, I listen to some of my podcasts and go, oh, that was a horrible one. And then I go, but you know what, though, I got to keep pushing ahead. You know, you kind of question, but you just keep on going because you know that this is your dream. Like yourself, you question about living in Japan or whatever. So, um, great, man. This is going great. I really do appreciate you connecting. It sounds like we're both on the same page and, and both wanting to, to inspire the same kind of people here. Um, yeah. what Can I add one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, mind? for sure. Just because I, I just, there's a point you made there that I was like, man, I should, I should share this about uh, my journey. Is it so... I've gone through a lot to make this happen. You know, I moved, I left America, moved to Japan. I couldn't speak any Japanese when I first got here, lived out in the countryside. I quit that job, which meant I lost the visa that I had. So I then moved to Kyoto, had no job in place when I got to Kyoto, had no visa, which gave me 90 days to get a new visa in place, language barriers, cultural struggles, dealing with all this stuff. But so I say all that because that stuff probably sounds like oh that's scary that might have been difficult but the reality was is without question the hardest step in the entire process was deciding to quit my job in teaching Hmm. and to leave that to actually go i'm leaving this that was the most difficult most challenging part of this and then this there was the struggle once i was in japan and there was a once again that other struggle of just making the decision to say, okay, what am I going to do? But once I decided, then all that other stuff that seems so difficult, and that stuff was compared to those first steps, <laughs> like the first steps are tough, but it just goes to show, like, take that first step. Oh, take it. yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, going and walking in and dropping off your papers and telling your principal I'm going to be a ninja. <laughs> I mean, she either probably thought like this guy's. I mean, she probably knew you though. She probably knew you. Your you had goals and aspirations of of doing something great. So she was probably supportive, like you said, she was. But uh, I can only imagine the other teachers and the gossip, you know, of uh, what happened. You know, the next school year, what happened to Izzy? Oh, he he went to Japan to become a ninja. What he went to Japan? You know, and all that gossip and all that stuff. And and I think it's one of those things that it's getting over your own personal fear and a lot of times it is getting over what other people are going to say about you it's tough to put yourself out there because we all know people everybody's so connected you're always afraid of of making a a a wrong mistake and it's it's on you you know youtube or facebook and people are making comments and all that stuff but at the end of the day when everybody goes to bed and you're laying there, are you happy with yourself? That's, I guess that's the big question. And if you're not, you know you have to change. And who cares what other people think? Because at the end of the day, you need to make yourself happy. 
no matter what. And those people, there's always going to be people, naysayers, people always saying, oh, that's ridiculous. That's the craziest idea ever. I would never do that. Well, that's fine. You personally would never do that, but I'm doing it because I want to, and I know that this is the life that I need to live. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, again, I mean, it's, it's easier. It's, you made it sound so nonchalant. Yeah. I just went in, I dropped off my papers. Okay. And then I, you know, you know, I got my plan together, but you're right. That, that was a very difficult part for you, I believe. So, um, was, did you have a, did you feel that there was a lot of other, I I don't know how to say this, other people, your other teacher friends and stuff, was that hard too, to also let them know? Was that tough? Who's the toughest person to tell? Oh, that's a good question. You know, this is something that I think is real important about the whole journey is, and I do this on my side. There's, I I incorporate a lot of humor. I do, I make my, I create cartoons. And so I make fun of a lot of things. And I would say that I can't really say that the, there was a hardest person to tell. And the reason is because throughout this entire journey, I've always been the first to laugh at myself because I know it's crazy. I know what I'm trying to do is nuts. I know this sounds absurd. And I think that's really important. I think that it, we got to be able to smile at the craziness of our own journeys and even our own dis- – I mean I'm – I mean, it's absurd. It's hilarious to me and absurd and nuts that I simultaneously, at the same day I got my master's degree in education, was also the last day that I taught. It was, I was like, <laughs> oh, I, you know, to, to simultaneously to spend tens of, you know, I spent probably good, around 20 grand oh, sure. to get a degree that I will never use, gladly never use. And that I, there's been people that I guess, maybe they would be difficult to tell. But my philosophy in my head has always been, it's cool. You can be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, and I guess, and I guess, you know, one thing that I have learned along this journey, which I think, I think my father helped me with this is, you know, be careful about who you tell because dreams are sensitive things. And so when you tell the right people and you share it and you share it for the right reasons, and you're sincere and you're authentic and you're just doing it, a lot of people will, you know, if you're doing it, I think that's a big thing. I think what happened early on was that because I was taking action to make these things happen, people who would be naysayers kind of were like, okay, I want to be a naysayer and it sounds kind of crazy, but he's kind of laughing when he says it. So I don't know. I really don't know what to think about this. And And I definitely, I think it's actually interesting. I will say this. I've had more naysayers since I've moved to Kyoto and since I've actually done everything I said I was going to do and way more. I have more naysayers now than I did when it all began, which is a very interesting thing. Oh, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Um, So now currently you're still, you know, like how long you train? I mean, you're still pursuing your your, um, dream of becoming a real ninja. Can you kind of go through that? Yeah, so uh, actually, yeah, I, that's evolved so much. So I moved to Kyoto last August, and no, I, so it's been about a year that I moved to Kyoto, and I found a dojo to train at, and it was just incredible how these things open up. Sometimes there almost seems like there's some magic in these in the intense pursuit of a dream when you go all in, because I moved to Kyoto, I find this amazing dojo very international. This guy is a seventh degree black belt. He's trained in Tokyo. He trained for 30 years. 
six hours a day, five, six days a week. Wow. He, this man has given his life to martial arts. He's incredibly so inspiring. And then the students underneath them are very inspiring as well. And so what they offer is a program called Kenshu Sane. It's where you actually give your life to martial arts for a year. So what I do is I wake up every day at 5 a.m. I get ready, get myself prepared. I get to the dojo at 7.30 a.m. And I'm training there until 2. Wow. Every day, Monday through Friday. And at some point, I do think I'll be able to go more. I'll be able to extend it another day. But it's very intense. And the incredible thing is the principles we learn in the dojo, they're life principles. Because Sensei will talk about that you must learn to give your all to every technique. And the actual line he will say is, he says, every movement you do is done to kill. <laughs> which which is, is like happy, nice, such a great man. Sure. It's so funny to hear him say it, but it's so real. And he shows it and he does it where it's like, he says, it's just everything in the world, every focus, everything you have, you give to that one movement within the technique. He says, and he talks about it in terms of Aikido, because that's the martial art I do. But he also, it's clear that these are also life principles to him as well. And it's amazing to see a man say it, live it, or to be doing it in that moment. And you can feel that he embodies it. Sure. And then and another one of the senses that he, just, he said a very simple line that I just love. And he goes, if you're not going to give your best why are you even here? Hmm. And it was like, oh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty powerful question, man. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> One thing that you said, uh, your sensei uh, you know, says, is, you know, focus, you know, having that focus. Can you relate that to, to people that are having trouble focusing on their life? Do you, do you have any tips or anything you learned from that to relate? Yeah. Well, I believe that focus stems from a clear purpose. And when I say a purpose, and it's such a dangerous word, you know, passion and purpose, because people will say, oh, you know, I don't know my passion. I don't know my purpose. But if you just go, well, what do you want to do? Like over the next five years, you're like, what would you like to do? Well, I'd like to do this and this and this. Okay. All right. Great. So what steps do you have to take today to do that? Yeah. Let's write it down. Let's make it on a piece of paper. And I think that it's actually establishing the, the knowledge where it's like, okay, what steps do I have to take? Now, you can't hand an eight-year-old, a calculus book and say, do it. And the problem is, here's what's the crazy thing. If you hand an eight-year-old a book on calculus and you're mean enough about it and you just say, do it, do it, do it, eventually the kid will actually think there's something wrong with him. But in reality, it's like, but no one ever taught you how to do it. Right. No one instructed you. And so in many cases, what I actually think is the most helpful thing for people is to write down your steps starting with a verb. So, for example, and really break it down, get really in, get into the details. If you want to write a book, for example, don't just say, I want to write a book. Don't just say, write a book. Really think about what does that entail? What does it entail to write a book? All the steps that it has to take and everything from, you know, identifying authors within my community, set up an interview mm -hmm. with an author in my community, talk with an author. Well, I don't know how to do that. Google search an author. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's all these steps. Read a book on writing a book mm -hmm. and break these things down. Write one page. Write one page. Write 500 words today. Edit 500 words tomorrow. Make it really, really basic. Brainstorm five topics to write about for tomorrow. 
And it, I believe, and I like starting things with a verb because I think verbs really help us focus. And I like having it written down because there's something about checking things off and putting a line through it that just feels good. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like your calendar, too. You know, keeping that chain going of Xing out things. Uh, yeah, it's just that mental, you know, mental and, you know, physical kind of com- combining. It feels good, like you said, going through that stuff. Were you an English teacher? I, I never, you know, uh, what subject did you uh, teach? You know, I taught math. Uh, science and history. I taught everything but English. Oh, you did? Okay, I was going <laughs> to say. Which is hilarious. You're over, yeah, you're going over verbs and stuff. I'm like, this guy has to be an English teacher. But okay, yeah. no. All right, well, good, good, man, good. So being, so indulging yourself in the culture and, and you know, training, um, you know, until 2, 2 p.m. each day from five, you know, what, you start at 7, 7 to 2 pretty much? Around there, seventh yeah. I mean, different days are a little different. So do you around. do you work on the side then? I mean, obviously, you know, this is your side kind of project, your personal side project. But are you working at uh, to to make ends meet at all, or did you set yourself up financially before, you know, diving into uh, this? Like we talk, spoke of early on, um, are you kind of off of those funds for right now? Yeah. So the way I support myself financially is actually for the first two years in Japan, I taught English. So uh, for the first year, I was full time English. And what happened was, is I, as I started to build my blog, um, more and more, it the, the readership grew. And as that started to grow, I started to realize that there was a business in this and that this is something people want help with. And then over the course of the second year, I moved into part-time work when I moved to Kyoto. And eventually, about in June is when I stopped teaching any English. So now what I do full-time is I run my business. And with that, I coach clients one-on-one, helping them you know, identify their purpose, find their dreams. And I also have a course um, as well that I teach called Achieve the Impossible, and that's a full online course. Awesome. And how can uh, people get a hold of that? Uh, if they go to 30-year-old-ninja.com and they just... You know, I, I mean, what I would say to people is I think that, especially when we talk about this concept of a mentor, getting guidance, is they got to find someone that, that aligns with them. So I think the best thing that they could do is, you know, go to my site, 30yearolddanger.com, read some of the posts, check it out, look for titles that would fit with you. And if you really feel like it fits, then sign up, subscribe. And from there, it's pretty obvious if they want to go to Achieve Impossible, if they want to go down the route of coaching. But I really think what's most important is they do actively seek out someone to help them with the process. So you know, head on over, check out my site. If it's something that works for you, then you can take the next steps. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, Izzy, man, um, I appreciate your time so much. I think um, you know you living your dream is is more than enough. Uh, uh, I mean, you you really I think um, have inspired people, will inspire people uh, listening to you, reading about you, and all that stuff. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, anything else you want to share before uh, we part our ways? Um, you know, the final thing that I would just really want to drive home is that it's it's a very it's an interesting quote that I had heard a little while ago is that you're much more likely to act your way into feeling than to feel yourself into acting. So what that basically means is I believe that motivation is a consequence of action. I don't believe that action is a consequence of motivation in the beginning. So identify what you want, but then 
you know what? Suck it up and take a step. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, on that, Izzy, honestly, thank you so much. I wish you nothing but the best in the future here. Uh, maybe we'll uh, keep in touch here. I'll check in with you in a year and see how you're doing. you have any plans? Uh, you, you come back to the States and visit every once in a while, or you're still um, in your one-year program? Yeah, so the, the program ends in February. So it ends at the end of February. So I think I'll come home for a month in March and then I want to do it for a second year because I feel like there's so much to learn that I definitely want to be here another year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good for you, man. Living your dream. Um, this is proof right here, man. You, you guys listening, you can do whatever you want. Just set your mind to it and you can achieve it. So, uh, Izzy, again, thank you so much. Uh, we'll keep in touch. Awesome. Thanks again to Izzy from the 30 year old ninja for sharing his journey, his story, his passion, and allowing us into kind of a, a fun story. You know, it, it, we, we go through journeys in life and we, we talk to different people and, and wow, you're a CEO of this or you, you invented that or you started that or you moved from, you know, company A to company B. Wow, good for you. But to really hear a story from a guy that uh, was a school teacher and moved to Japan to become a professional ninja <laughs> It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Uh, Izzy, if you're listening, man, I tip my hat to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I know that the people are listening to this podcast right now are inspired and and, and kind of hopefully that, ins- that sparks something within. Maybe that gave you a little confidence to take a step in the direction of your new path, your new journey, whatever it may be. So give yourself some time tonight, tomorrow night, whatever it may be, whenever you're listening to this. And jot it out, jot out your goals, your ideas, what you want in your life and start in a direction. All you have to do is start, write it down. That's the first thing. Get it on paper and then move on to the next and the next and the next. I'm not going to give you a full description on what to do or how to do it because we could be here for the next five hours. So um, if you guys want more information um, on Izzy, more information on the things that he talked about today in the podcast, head on over to operationselfreset.com. Also too, for the uh, special listeners out there, please sign up for my email list. You guys can check it out at osreset.com. Right there on the front page, it's a little opt-in box. You guys get all my great resources, great emails, uh, great everything that I personally have learned from these interviews and a good way to kind of keep in touch with me, to connect one-on-one um, because I really want this to be a very tight-knit community. I don't want this to be kind of, oh, you know, believe in yourself and just have fun, you know. I really want this to to help one another. We feed off of one another. We all have difficulty. How do we get past it? Whatever it may be, I know you, the listener, has some great tips and tools and ideas. And some of you guys have already emailed me some great ideas. And you guys have emailed me on how to improve. And I really, really do thank you for that. I want to get better at this. I want to provide more and more content that will be helpful for you guys. And you guys are giving me some great suggestions. And if you guys have suggestions on people to come on the podcast or whatever it may be, again, email me support at operationselfreset.com. Before I let you guys go, I want to ask something of you guys. If you can head on over to osreset.com on the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, there's a little talk to me button. Actually, it says want to talk question mark. Um, It's a recording device called SpeakPipe. There, if you click on it, it opens up and it's a little recording device. And if you could leave me a minute and a half question, either a question, a suggestion, or even if you guys have achieved or reached or gotten over a difficulty, 
share it with the community. I will take your recording. I will put it on a podcast. I want to compile some pretty good questions, and I will try to answer them the best that I can with all the tools and resources that I have. I will obviously do some major research to provide some great insight and suggestions on ways to improve your life, transform your life, change your life, whatever it may be. Ask me anything. It would be greatly appreciated. Again, go to operationselfreset.com or OS reset r-e-s-e-t dot com that one's a little shorter i know operation self-reset is kind of long and lengthy so um os reset.com left hand corner bottom left hand corner says want to talk click there you got a minute and a half to ask me a question i will put you on the podcast and i will answer it to the best of my ability also to please leave your name and where you're calling from and um and we'll go from there so if you want to be on the podcast uh leave me a question It'd be greatly greatly appreciated so in summary I feel that this personally was a really rewarding, a really good interview with Izzy, the 30-year-old ninja. It just shows truly your dreams that you have as a child never leave you. They are always there. They're always by your side. And one thing, when I was when I was growing up, I asked my, uh, I think it was my mom, I asked, oh, I can't wait till I'm older to, 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 to see what I think about, you know, to, to understand how I'm going to be. What is my thought process? Am I still going to be afraid of the dark? Am I still going to be wondering, you know, what's behind that corner? Am I going to be successful? Am I going to be nervous in front of people? How am I personally going to be? And my mom looked at me and she said, Jake, you are who you are going to be for the rest of your life. You will gain new experiences, you will gain new ways of thinking, but your thought process is pretty much is going to be the same. If you're afraid of the dark now, you're probably going to be afraid of the dark in the future. And as I can sit here as a 28-year-old male, I'm not afraid of the dark. No, but I, I, I'm i not saying I get spooked from the dark. I'm just saying that we all carry those things with us as we grow into a more mature adult. I understand that I know monsters aren't living underneath my bed, but going down a dark alley, that's still not the most comfortable thing for me. (laughs) I would hope the same for you. But it's amazing how what we thought as a child, we still like that today. If you really love jumping around or being acting crazy, you probably are still acting crazy and jumping around at family gatherings or whatever. Maybe you're that crazy wild aunt or uncle or whatever it may be. So just really be who you are. Be truthful to yourself. You have that goal or idea or that new plan that you want to implement. Literally do it. This is your time. This is your moment. Don't wait until the new year. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until your big project's over and done with. Start that today. Work on yourself first and everything else will fall into line. You can do it. Believe in yourself. There's nobody that's going to get you off of the couch and force you to reach your goals. The only person that can do that is literally you, no one else. So it depends on how bad you want it. If it's hurting you every single day when you wake up and you know you have better things that that could be going for you in your own personal life or something that you know you could be loving every single day that you do, the only way to do that and achieve that is to start by investing in yourself and getting that internal motivation. And I can sit here time after time and tell you every single podcast that you need to believe in yourself and you can do this and all that stuff and that hurrah-rah stuff. But the only person that can change who you are right now is yourself. There's no book. There's no magazine. There's no 
anything else, YouTube video, whatever it may be, there's nothing else that can literally get you jump-started besides yourself. If you want that change, you have to do it within yourself. No more of relying on other people, no more of finding that inspirational video that kind of gets you, you jacked up for a couple of minutes. It's all on you. Your life is in your own hands. You decide whatever you want to do with it. If you want to succeed or fail, that is truly, truly up to you. I believe in you. I really, really do. You're listening to this for a reason. There's no more of, I want to improve myself, but I'm unsure or whatever. You do. You have it within. If you want to start eating healthy, you start it right now. You want to start waking up early so you can start working yourself, you do it now. If you want to be better for your children, your family, your aunt, uncle, your parents, to help them out, you start right now. If you lost connections with friends or family, you start right now. No more waiting around. This is your time. This is your moment. This is Operation Self Reset. This is made for you. It's made for me and you and us, and we're working for a better goal and a better together. And that is my little motivational speech. Take it for what it is, implement it into your own personal life. I don't know how else to say it, and I don't know how I can reach through this microphone, but I truly, truly believe in you. I really, really do, no matter what you do, successful, you fail, whatever, who cares? You need to start. You can do this. Life is short. Your time is ticking away. Don't waste it. Enjoy it. Use it. And no regrets. No regrets. Take care of yourselves, everybody. I appreciate you guys so much. We'll catch you in podcast number 21. Leave a voicemail on the little SpeakPipe app on osreset.com. We will talk to you soon. I love every single one of you guys. Thank you for all the support. We'll see you.